Welcome to the Vertical Church Podcast. Now here's Pastor Josh Butcher with today's message. Uh, Last week we kicked this off by looking at a passage of scripture from Psalm chapter 127. And there was a key passage uh, that that really frames the entire series. It's where we get the name of the series. It's verse 4. I just want to read it to you this morning. Uh, We're not really diving into it as much as we're diving into something that's really random that you're going to think, how in the world do you preach a message from that? And that's where we're going to be at today. Uh, It's not even in the Bible, but we are preaching the Bible. Okay, just to let you know. Here we go. Uh, Psalm 127, verse 4. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. And we said last week that if kids are like arrows, then that means as parents, those of us in the room who are parents, whether you're a new parent, an old parent, a grandparent, a great-grandparent, whatever, you're, you're a parent of somebody that's like, you know, a niece or a nephew, whatever it looks like for you, uh, our, our kids are like arrows in our hands. That makes us warriors, and that makes our home an archery range. And the question we asked last week is, what is the target? What are, we, what are we aiming for? Where are we sending our arrows? And Jesus told us to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, that, that a lot of things can matter. You know, on a, on, a, on a bow and arrow target, there are concentric circles. You can have a lot of things that matter, interests, social, uh, you know, networking, uh, academics, athletics. A lot of things can matter. But we said last week there's only one thing that's most important. And if we as, as parents, if we don't aim right for the bullseye, right for the center, Jesus and his kingdom, if we don't aim there, no matter what we do in our life, no matter how, how great our kids turn out to be, if we don't hit that, we fail. That, that if that's not our aim, if that's not, when, when we take sight with our, with our, uh, our arrow, if that's not what we're shooting for, then we fail at everything. If we, don't, if we don't succeed at that one thing, aiming for the target, then, then we fail. So we can't forget what we're aiming for. And today, today I want to continue that same kind of analogy of the bow and the arrow. And I want to talk to you uh, for just a few minutes this morning about the release. The release. You gotta, when you've got a bow, you've got to pull it back, but then you've got to let it go. You've got to you got to let it go. You, you can't hold it back anymore. You've got to let it go. Let it go. Turn away. Slam the door. <laughs> Too soon? Parents? Still? It's been a few years. I don't know. Anyway, your ears bleed yet, right? Anyway, uh, the release. The release is essential. Here, here's what I mean. You can... You can have a good stance with your shoulders squared up. That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to square your shoulders up to the target. You can have have the aim right. You can have the fanciest arrow. You can have a special super-duper arrow that's going to go further than any other arrow that you can buy. You can have all the right equipment, the right kind of wrist guard, the right kind of shoulder. You can have it all. But if you don't let the arrow go, you're never going to hit the target. Right? Like it makes sense. If you don't release, how can you get the arrow into the bullseye? Arrows were meant to fly. So you gotta let it fly. And to do that, you have to open your hand. You gotta you gotta pull the string back and then open your hand, release, and let it go. 
I haven't shot a bow and arrow in like 20 years. Uh, when I was a kid, growing up in West Virginia, my dad had a bow and arrow. And when he wasn't home and my mom wasn't home, I would go out in the backyard and, uh, and take that and I would shoot it. And I got okay at it. Uh, but I had this idea when we started kind of, the series started coming together, uh, that I wanted to get a bow and arrow. And I wanted to set up some targets. And I wanted to shoot here in the theater. And Pastor Hope, my wife, she said, that's not a good idea. And I said, why? And she said, because you haven't shot an arrow in how long? Are you going to hit it? Are you going to hit somebody? And I thought, well, that's probably right. But then last week as I was walking into church, I thought, I don't think the people at Regal, Regal Cinemas here would appreciate me bringing a bow and arrow into their movie theater. Like they have signs posted that say, don't bring weapons in here, right? And if you're packing, don't tell anybody. But um, anyway, like, like I thought that's probably not a good idea. And in fact, me and Mike, we were talking about like going in the back and then shooting it all the way down right over your head. That would have been awesome. But it's not a good idea. So wiser, wiser, uh, wiser minds won that argument. So uh, what I did, though, is I was planning that as I was thinking, all right, I got to I got to get a refresher course. I went to the place where all information is stored on the planet, Google, and I Googled how to shoot an arrow, and I landed on wikihow.com. Have you ever been on wikihow? It's a website that like kind of tells you how to do stuff. Uh, it gives you step-by-step processes, and so uh, I, I found this, and I thought, oh my, and as soon as I read this, I copied it into my Evernote and said, I'm going to preach that at church because it makes so much sense when we're talking about kids as arrows. And so check this out. This is step eight. If you don't believe me, you can go to Google right now and Google how to shoot an arrow. Click on the WikiHow link and it's step eight. Step eight says this, release the arrow by relaxing the fingers on your string hand. The goal is to get a clean release, meaning the bow leaves your fingers, the bowstring leaves your fingers with as little slowdown and interference as possible. And while this may sound simple, the manner in which you release your fingers from the bowstring can impact the arrow's flight, and any unintended flinches or wobbles can knock it off course. After releasing the arrow, wait until it hits the target to lower the bow. That's what I want to preach to you this morning from wikihow.com. In the Bible, it's Second Hesitations, chapter 17, verse 4 and 5. WikiHow says that the goal of shooting an arrow, that the goal of the release is to get a clean release. And for those of you who are in the room that are parents, mom and dad, isn't that our goal as parents? Is to, is to whatever we do is to have a clean release. That we let them fly, but we don't knock them off course. We let them go, but they don't have so much baggage that they're going this way and that. We let them go, and when they leave, they leave clean. Right? We, we get a clean release. And in order to get a clean release, it requires us to have a different mentality. We have to have different ways of thinking if we're going to be parents that set our kids up for a clean release. You can't think the way your friends think. You can't think the way your neighbors think. You can't think the way your coworker thinks or that family at the Y that you only see once a month and they look really good on the outside. But if you actually spent time with them, you know they were as jacked up as you. You can't think the way... Everybody else thinks. So you have to have a mentality shift. And so in, in uh, honor of shooting an arrow, um, 
when you shoot an arrow, you have three strings to pull the arrow back, and your thumb kind of supports the backside. So I've got three fingers and a thumb for you this morning, or four points. So the first one is this. The first one is this. Here we go. And I want to slow down and kind of, uh, I've got to watch myself because I'll, I'll preach it, and I want you to understand. I want you to just get excited. I want you to hear it. I want you to take notes right on the back of your program. The first one is this. Parenting is propulsion, not prison. This is so important to understand. If the point of parenting is to release, if the point of shooting an arrow is to, to release it towards the target, then parenting has to be understood as propulsion, not prison. So you have to think of your home as a launching pad and not a jail cell. So let me show you where, okay, where's that in the Bible? Here we go. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. This is the main verse we're going to look at today. It says, train up a child in the way he or she should go, and even when he or she is old, they will not depart from it. The, the author says, you got to train up a child in the way they should go. <laughs> Meaning, the point of parenting is to get them to a place where they're ready to go. you got to get from the get-go, you got to get them ready to go. Because that's the point. You're training them up not to stay, but to go. And so we have to understand, jails... Are, are maintained and designed to keep people. But launching pads are meant to propel people, to launch, to launch people. So you've got to think of your home more like Kennedy Space Center and less San Quentin State Penitentiary, right? <laughs> now here's the deal. Security is necessary in both places. You have to have security... In both, in both situations. I read about uh, the, the Kennedy Space Center that they have, um, I thought this was so interesting, they have fences around the launching pad, but not necessarily to keep people out, uh, to keep people out, but to keep the alligators out, because it's in Florida, and you don't want alligators running around the launching pad. And listen, sometimes parents, you got to put fences up around your home to keep the alligators out, hello? Not to keep your kids in, but you got to keep some of them gators out because you don't want everybody running around your home. So it does require security, but the deal is you're not a warden. You're a mom. You're a dad. You're not, you're not some sort of, sort of a prison official. No, you know, you're training them up so that you can let them fly because the point is that they go, and this has to be your mentality. Not... This has to be your mentality, not in 11th grade when you're, they're, they're starting to think about college, not when they hit 12th grade and they're, they're, they're sending in applications, not when they're about to get married and you're like, all right, they're about to. No, no, this has to be your mentality from day one. My purpose as your parent is to train you up so that on the day you're ready to fly, you can go. Train up a child in the way he or she should Go. Well, then, Pastor, how do I know the way? How do I know the way they should go? Because all arrows are different, and every arrow doesn't fly the same. How do I know the way they should go? Well, in order to know the way, you've got to talk to Mission Control. If your home is a launching pad, you've got to connect with Mission Control and find out what, this, what the purpose of, of this arrow is. 
And there's this interesting uh, story in Judges chapter 13. If you're familiar with the story of Samson, Samson was, uh, was born to be a, a Nazarite, which meant he had certain religious uh, rules and regulations that he had to keep. And his parents, uh, they, they didn't have a kid. They were barren. They were, they were praying that God would give them the gift of a child. And God does. And so they discover this. And, and Manoah, Samson's dad, has this really interesting interchange with God that I think is it hits this point perfectly. Check this out. Verse 12 of Judges chapter 13. Manoah, Samson's dad, said this. He said, now when your words come true, talking to God, what is to be the child's manner of life? And what is his mission? Listen, parents, you got to be praying those kind of prayers. God, what's their mission? Lord, I want to get them ready to go. I need to get this arrow ready to shoot. God, what do I need to do? What do I need to know? God, what's their, what's their mission? What's their manner of life? You have to be asking these questions. And if you haven't, then you need to start today asking God, what's their mission? What's their purpose? What's the call on their life, God? What do I need to do? How can I come alongside you so that when they're ready to fly, they get a clean release? They don't have baggage to deal with. They don't wibble and wobble. I don't even know if wibble's a word, but wobble is. Number two. Number two. So, so we got to think of our homes not like, not like prisons, but more like launching pads, propulsion. Number two. Children are supposed to leave. The marriage is supposed to stay. Children are supposed to leave, but the marriage is supposed to, supposed to stay. Again, Proverbs 22, 6 says, train up a child in the way he should, what? Go. <laughs> They're supposed to go, right? Even, even Genesis, at the very beginning, Genesis chapter 2, verse 24 says this, uh, that is why a man leaves, Fellas, you are supposed to leave your mom and dad and be united to your wife, and they become one. They are supposed to leave. If everything goes right, if every, there are some exceptions. Sometimes things go crazy. Sometimes things take a, a weird turn. So this isn't, I'm not, I'm not declaring that every situation is going to turn out exactly the same, but if everything goes the way it's supposed to, you're 29 and still living at home, you got to go. <laughs> got to go but my mom makes sure the refrigerator is stocked full of snacks and I get to play video games in my basement all day long bro you're 28 I have some self-respect and get out the house man right like come on go you got to go you got to go you got to go even Jesus quoted this verse and he didn't change it he just added to it and said what God has joined together let no one separate he didn't say oh wait you don't actually have to leave no you got to go and so I want to show you, I want to kind of illustrate this. Lex, I know you're up there at the, at the lighting uh, table there. Go ahead and kind of start making your way down here so that you can join me. You just have to squeeze by Mr. Mike back there. Hope, come up here. I, I didn't tell them anything that I was going to do this. It's kind of a little illustration that I want you to see and understand something that's so important about this idea of go. That they got to go because there's a purpose behind sending them out. Okay, check this out. Lex is, Lex is our oldest son. Give it up for him. He's running lights this morning. Hello. You can serve at Vertical Church. Just sign the back of your connection card. Check that box and we'll hook you up. All right, and this is my wife, Hope, right? So uh, we got married a little over 14 years ago. And Lex is a product of that. 
right? We are one family. We've got other kids in the other areas of the church, but he's in here right now, and so he gets to be the center of the illustration. Uh, we, we are one, one family, right? Now, our mission is to train him up so that one day he goes. You stay right there, okay? You're gone, right? The relationship that started the whole thing stays together, and he goes. Now, check this out. Come here, come here, come here. At, right now, there's one family declaring the goodness and glory of God in the earth. You go, I train you up in the way you should go. His mom trains him up in the way she goes. You're united to your wife. You start your own family. And now where there was one family declaring the goodness and glory of God on the earth, now there are two families declaring the goodness and glory of God in the earth. That's how God wants this thing to work. They got to go so we can multiply the impact. Parents, this has to inform your thinking as a parent. The goal is to keep this family together when he goes and to have this family set up for the very best possible uh, shooting towards the target, a clean release as possible, so that there are two families and then three families. Just started from one family. Give it up for them, man. They did a great job. They didn't even know us. You can run back up there to the top. Why do a lot of marriages crumble when the kids leave the nest? Because a lot of times, a lot of times, parents, just let's, let's be real this morning, we let our kids take a place of, uh, of priority and influence that they were never intended to occupy. And mom and dad cease being husband and wife because they're so preoccupied with being mom and dad. And the husband and wife relationship suffers because we don't know how to deal with the, the mom and dad relationship. But, but husband and wife can't be detrimentally impacted by the addition of mom and dad because children were never meant to be the focal point of your marriage. There's only one focal point of your marriage, and that's Jesus. Jesus at the center, husband and wife on the next rung, children outside of that, and then everything else. This is how God designed it. Jesus is your most important relationship. Then your spouse, not your kids. You can't put your kids. You will crush your kid if you put the weight, that weight on them, because that's not their purpose. It's not their purpose. But you don't understand. My baby is my universe. You will jack your baby up. You will give him or her a complex so severe that they'll never recover. And the greatest gift that you can give to your children is to have a rocking marriage. One that's strong. Well, well what, if, like, what, if they, what if they cry? They, no kid has ever died from crying. Stop. We're talking right now. I'll be with you in a minute. We're going to finish our conversation because we're connecting as, as husband and wife. When we finish, we will address your need. We'll take care of you. You can't, you, won't that mess them up? Won't they feel abandoned? Showing your kids that your marriage is strong so that they grow up in a safe and secure home where they don't have to wonder and worry if, if they are loved and if they are welcomed. And in fact, you're actually showing them how to have a great marriage when they get older and they grow up and they, get, they, they have a husband or wife. That's going to mess them up. No, you're going to set them up. You're, look, look at this. Look at this. Look at what, look at what WikiHow teaches us. Look at this. The goal is to get a clean release, meaning 
The bow leaves your fingers, the arrow leaves your fingers with as little slowdown and interference as possible. You put your kid at the center of your marriage, you're going to get all kinds of slowdown and interference. Well, what happens when the nest is empty? That's a love nest, brother. Like, that's you. You've achieved the goal. <laughs> Close the blinds. Don't come by my house unless you text me first. Because once the kids are gone, ain't nobody wearing clothes anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the goal. To get them to leave. Number three. I got two more, and I got three seconds. Here we go. Number three. The grip is essential. Too tight is no better than too loose. We've all seen kids who've been held with too loose of a grip. You know what I mean? Like they see your Apple TV and they're like, I've seen that movie and that movie and that movie and that movie. It's like, what's wrong with you? You're five. Unrestricted, unfiltered, no discipline. Listen, too loose is not a great plan, but too tight isn't either. Hyper strict, legalistic. I'm going to lock you up in the basement and make you read homeschool manuals from 1940 because Lord knows Jesus left the school in the 60s. It's not good. Like that's that that I'm I'm not even gonna let you know there is a thing called sin. I'm gonna I'm gonna shelter you so listen, listen, that's zero preparation. It leads to it leads to terrible decisions because you have to give your kids bandwidth to make real decisions with real consequences. Too much monitoring, too much discipline means they never get to exercise their decision-making muscles. You've got to, as, as it's appropriate by age, we have to find that, that spot where, where we let them feel the impact of their decision as their parent, but we're also making sure they live another day. You know what I mean? What does WikiHow say? All right, I'm glad you asked because it's, it's brilliant, man. Check this out. While this may sound simple, the manner in which you release your fingers from the bowstring can impact the arrow's flight. Any unintended flinches or wobbles can knock it off course. You hold that thing too loose, it's going to wobble. You hold it too tight, it's going to flinch. What are you going to do? How, how do you learn how to hold it just right? That's why you need the Holy Spirit, man. Like That's why you got to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Because the goal is to train them up so they can go. Train them up so they can make godly, wise decisions for themselves. And in order to do that, you got to be checking with God. Okay, God, am I, am I holding too tight? Am I holding too loose? You know, what do I need? Holy Spirit, speak through me. I need your wisdom. God, I, know, I need to know what to do today. Uh, they're only five, and I just I want to make sure even at five, I'm not setting them up for, for failure. i got to hold on in the sweet spot. In the sweet spot. Let's, let's move on. Let's go on. Number... Number four, stance matters even after you release the arrow. Stance matters. Let me show you this. This is the last line on WikiHow. Look at this. He says, it says, after releasing the arrow, wait until it hits the target to lower the bow. I know Vertical Church is a church where a lot of us have young kids who are still at home, but there are pockets of you who have kids who have already left who've already gone. I want to talk to you for a second. Listen to me. Your relationship with God matters even after they've left the house. Your stance matters even after they've taken flight towards the target. Because as they're going, they're going to be looking back 
to see if mom and dad are still standing firm, to see if mom and dad are still steady. And so you can't drop the bow. You can't lower your head. You can't drop your shoulders even after the arrows left the, left the bow. You got to keep going. You got to keep pursuing Jesus. Now, listen, there's no guarantee that your kid's going to turn out all right. There's no guarantee. Well, wait a second. What about that verse? It said, train them up in the way they should go. If we do that, it says they won't depart from it. And you know what? That statement is true. And it's wise. And as much as it depends on you and your training, it will be true. But here's the difference between arrows and kids. Arrows are inanimate objects. Kids are living, breathing human beings. And mom and dad, here's the deal. As much as you try, as much as you train, as much as you communicate with the Holy Spirit, as, as, as obedient as you are, this living, breathing human being, once you pull it back and release it, they can choose to take a sharp left when they should go right. They can zig when they should zag. And what matters is after you let it go is that you stand firm in your relationship with Jesus. You can't drop it. You can't, you can't lose sight after they leave that this still matters. Think about the prodigal son's dad. He, 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 he trains his kid up and the way he should go, and he gives him everything, and then a son comes and asks for his inheritance, and the dad, it's breaking the dad's heart, but he does it, and he releases the son. And the son goes and makes a mess of his life, just completely trashes his life, broke the dad's heart. Not one time does the dad march down to the city, grab him, you're going to come back home with me right now. doesn't do that. What does he do? He just stands firm, never wavering, never stopped loving him, never wrote him off, just waiting, watching the horizon and waiting, pursuing Jesus and waiting, maintaining his relationship with God and waiting. And when the son came to his senses, turned around, and guess what? His dad was right there waiting on him. Mom and dad, that's the posture you got to have. After you let the arrow fly, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta be steadfast. You gotta be unwa- You gotta be solid, pursuing Jesus in the kingdom until the arrow hits the target. You gotta be, you gotta be steadfast because here's the deal: we only got one shot. We only got one shot at this. Once they leave the arrow, they're not going to come back and be in our quiver again. Like that's it. Once they go, they're gone. And so your only hope is to just stand firm, which means this right here, right now, no matter what age you are, no matter how old your kids are, now matters. Here and now matters. You might have young kids and you might think, well, I'm busy. I'll get to it one day. Listen, you might not be here when one day finally gets here. So right now, right here, it matters. It matters. Well, they're already gone. Okay, it still matters. Right now matters because they're looking back to you, mom and dad, and they're going through some stuff that you didn't, you, you, didn't, you didn't know you needed to teach them, but you've gone through it too, and they're looking back to see how you respond and how you respond is going to impact them. So it matters how you conduct yourself even after they leave. Check this out. Last ver- one of the last verses, and we'll, we'll be wrapped up. Proverbs 17, 6. It says, children's children are a crown to the aged, and parents are the pride of their children. He's talking about legacy. He's talking about wave after wave after wave of arrows all hitting the target. Come on, parents. Can you imagine generations after you're gone 
grandkids, great-grandkids are still talking about how, how you were faithful in your relationship with God, how you risked the deep and trusted God even when it didn't make sense, how you, how you bled for what you were willing to pray for. Come on, let's be the kind of parents who set our kids up to be able to look back at us with pride and that we can wear their faithfulness as a crown. Children's children are the crown to the aged. We got to look bigger than today. We have to have a, a vision for our family that goes beyond what we can see. We have to see that history itself will be altered by the way we shoot our arrows. And here's the deal. We can't do that alone. First verse, Psalm 127. It's our main passage for the whole series. Unless... The Lord builds the house. Those who build it, labor in vain. Mom, Dad, you need the Holy Spirit in your life. You need Jesus to be a good parent. Well, I don't need you. Yes, you do. You need, you need God to give you the strength to do what you can't do, to aim the arrow, to release the arrow cleanly. See, Jesus, our relationship with Jesus isn't just about making it to heaven when we die. Here at Vertical Church, we say that we believe Jesus makes our lives better and he makes us better at life. Meaning, the closer you get to Jesus, the better parent you ought to become. And the more you invite the Holy Spirit to fill your life, the more surrendered you are to the Spirit of God, the wiser you are as a parent. So you need Jesus. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Overflowing in your life. Why? Not just to make you a better parent, but he will make you a better parent because he'll make you a better person. It's a transformation of life and being. So Jesus will make your life better. Not only that, he'll make you better at life. Let me pray for you this morning. Lord, we thank you, God, that we're able to come together here. And, and for a few minutes, God, just kind of pause and invite your word to speak into such a practical area of our life. Those of us in the room who are parents or grandparents or step-parents or adopted parents or, 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 or parents to, to somebody else's kids or, or we have, we've invited kids into our home, maybe we're foster parents, God, whatever it looks like. Maybe, we're, maybe we're waiting on a child and we're waiting for the blessing of a child and, and we want to be ready when, when that gift arrives, God. All of us in the room can recognize that, that we need you. In our lives to make our lives better and to make our make us better at life right now if you're here today and I just want to ask you man if, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus listen everything I said is great you can take that you can take those notes you can go home and you can try to implement some of that stuff and you'll have some success here and there and and overall probably your family the 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 that culture and atmosphere of your family will probably increase because it's just good the bible is good man it's good it's good wisdom but if you want to take everything to the next level you got to surrender your life to Jesus you got to invite the holy spirit to overflow in your life because there are going to be times when you don't know what to do and you're going to hear the still, small voice of the Holy Spirit give you the wisdom that you need in the moment you need it. 
You're going you're, you're gonna to sense the nudging of the Holy Spirit to, to tell you you need to aim a little. You're, you're getting off, off target. You need to aim a little bit to the left because you're drifting a little bit. You don't want to shoot this arrow with wobbles and interference. You want to let this arrow go clear, cleanly. You want to release clean. He'll do that. But you've got to invite him in. You've got to open the door to your heart. Open the door to your life. Open the door to your family. And just ask him, say, Holy Spirit, would you fill me right now? Jesus, would you save me right now? Would you forgive me of my sins? Would you, would you be, Lord, I want to surrender my life to you. If that's you, listen, listen. The, the exact words that you use are, just to be honest with you, they don't matter a whole lot. You read through the New Testament, people come to Jesus in all kinds of weird, crazy ways. You invite him into your life. You invite the Holy Spirit to fill you. You ask him to forgive you of your sin. You surrender your will to his. And man, he'll start transforming your life beginning today. If that's you, would you just pray with me? Just, just say, Jesus, I surrender my life to you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. If you're already, if you're already uh, a Christian, if you've already done that, then, then, then you need to ask, Lord, fill me even greater with your Holy Spirit. Even more. Overflow in my life. Overflow in my life. Just ask Him. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Forgive me of my sin. I want to live for you for the rest of my days. Thank you for your life. I lay mine down to you. In Jesus' name. Thank you so much for joining us today. We always appreciate hearing how God is moving in your life. We all have a story to tell, and we'd love to hear yours. Please visit verticalchurch.tv and click on the little pencil icon called Amen Corner to tell us your story. Also, if you'd like to support the ministry of Vertical Church financially, you can do so by clicking the giving link at verticalchurch.tv. Thank you again for taking the time to join us as we point those far from God to life in Jesus.